It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Hello, folks. Hello, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Larry Kudlow. See if I get this right. LarryKudlowShow.com. I think that's the one. They're saying yes in the control room. I'm here at WABC headquarters. A little bit under the weather, but we'll get through this. Lots to talk about. Tons of things to talk about. Jobs. Insane strategic petroleum reserve by by the fossil-hating Joe Biden. Very interesting... uh, very interesting interview with my friend Brett Baer and President Zelensky of Ukraine. We have General Keene coming on later in the show. We'll talk about that as well. And a woke budget, a green <laughs> woke budget with 36 tax hikes. How about that? 36 tax hikes. Anyway, I want to begin with a couple of thoughts about the the war, the Russian-Ukraine war, because... Um, I'm going to start with, maybe this is a little bit obscure, but I want to start with this thought. For whatever reason, and I think I know what the reasons are, but for whatever reasons, the Russian ruble, right, that's their currency, the Russian ruble, which had been crashing almost from the beginning of the invasion as the U.S. and the Western NATO countries got together to impose sanctions and more military assistance to to the brave Ukrainians. Anyway, the ruble crashed. There was a joke about it, right? I don't know if you heard the joke. We did it on air from the Fox Business Cudlow Show. We did it on air a couple times. What's the difference between a dollar and a ruble? The answer is a dollar. That was the difference. One was a currency, the other one wasn't. However, however... The ruble has basically rallied 40%, gotten back to its pretty much its old high, its old point. And I find that troubling because if the sanctions were working, then that would not be the case. The ruble would still be falling, which shows me that the sanctions had so many loopholes that we are not bringing Putin's war machine to its knees. We were not bankrupting the guy. In fact, I will argue we are financing him. We continue to finance him. The sanctions aren't nearly tough enough. I mean, you can always, you know, learn a lot by looking at a nation's currency. And countries with chronically weak currencies are almost always, you know, weak countries. Weak at home, weak abroad. Ronald Reagan used to say the other way, as he rallied, he and Paul Volcker and others rallied the dollar way back when in his first term in 1980, 1981-82. I was there as a guy in the Budget Bureau in those old days. Reagan argued we had to rejuvenate the economy, end inflation, deregulate, promote growth because we would be strong at home and that would send a signal that we'd be strong abroad. And, in fact, that's just what happened. Once the inflation was cleared away, tax cuts and deregulation, uh, decontrolling oil prices, Paul Volcker did a good job restoring the strength of the dollar. The U.S. once again was the strongest country in the world and wound up defeating Soviet communism. Okay, having said all that, I would argue now 
the evidence suggests that Vladimir Putin still has plenty of war resources. I mean, look, we have not, we, I'm going to use that word we, don't include me, but I'm saying the Biden administration and the NATO allies have not sanctioned Russian energy, oil and gas. They are still exporting oil and gas. And payments come in because um, primary Russian banks who are engaged in the payment system for oil and gas transactions were never sanctioned. And we didn't get the secondary bank sanctions that uh, Senator Toomey wanted. In fact, I will read you this very interesting report. This comes off of Bloomberg. And the headline is, Putin may collect $321 billion windfall if oil and gas keep flowing. Well, they're flowing. So Bloomberg Economics expects Russia will earn nearly $321 billion from energy exports this year. That would be an increase of more than a third from 2021. It would also be on track for record current account surplus that the Institute of International Finance says may reach as high as $240 billion. A current account surplus basically means you're exporting more than you're importing. And basically says if, if we cut off the energy exports, uh, they would be in deep trouble. But we haven't. I don't see any evidence that we will. Now, we cut off Russian oil imports to the United States. By the way, that doesn't go into place for a couple months. It was announced last week with much fanfare, but that happened until late June. We're in early April. So that's April, May, June. Three months, we will continue to import Russian oil and gas. And I believe we will continue to pay them with dollars. As far as I know, because even though the Russian Central Bank has been sanctioned, and that's a good thing, and the sanctions were tough, it cut, it cut the Russian Central Bank, the so-called, uh, yeah, the Russian Central Bank. It, uh, the Bank of Russia was cut off from about half of their foreign exchange reserves because they couldn't transact. Nonetheless, they're still getting half, the other half. Money's coming in. The Europeans, I mean, here's one for you. Putin said this week that he would only accept rubles as payment in return for uh, energy purchases by Europe. And uh, Germany and the others said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to pay you in euros. And Putin backed down. He'll take euros. He'll take anything. The point is, why are we doing this? The sanctions are so Swiss cheese-like, huge holes, that Russia has not been damaged financially. And the point of the exercise was to to do just that, to cut off the financing of his war machine. We haven't done it. We have not done it. And that's why the ruble is going back up. It's up about 40%. It's just about back to where it was before the war started. Well, that's not good. I mean, it's like, here's the point. The Ukrainians, brave, 
brave, brave, courageous Ukrainians are doing their job. They're doing more than their job because they have outperformed all expectations. Not only has Russia not conquered Ukraine in three days, which is what folks thought was going to happen, Russia may be retreating, at least from Kiev and some other cities, back to the eastern part of the country where they had some inherent strength to begin with. I noticed a story that the Ukrainians have bombed the Russian oil depot across the border. Great. Cool. Bomb them. I mean, Russia has committed, Putin has committed thousands of acts against humanity, killing men, women, civilians, children, people in hospitals. What he's done to the city of Mariupol. I mean, he is a war criminal. He has committed crimes against humanity. And still, President Zelensky has been brave and courageous, and the Ukrainian people have been brave. They're a gritty lot fighting back. Guts. Lots of guts. But I don't think we've done our part. Ukrainians have. I don't think we have. I don't think the West has. As long as, look, Russia, Russia's economy is a one-horse pony. It's all about oil and gas. And you could tack on to that natural resources, minerals. They don't have a wide-based, strong I mean, as a GDP of one and a half trillion dollars, the United States is what twenty-three trillion dollars. It's not like China. China has a you know varied, very strong economy, and the oligarchs continue to rule in Russia. The other point I want to make is, and this came up in the Brett Baer interview. Brett Baer, distinguished uh, news anchor for Fox News interviewed President Zelensky yesterday, and Zelensky once again made a plea, you know, give us as much air power as you can. Give us as much military power as you can. We still haven't okayed. We haven't okayed those old Soviet MiGs from Poland to Ukraine. We have not done that. We haven't okayed the S-300 anti-air systems that are sitting in Slovakia. We haven't okayed that stuff. Zelensky wants it. Give it to him. Give it to him. And we haven't sanctioned their energy companies. And Russia is selling more oil and gas to Europe today than they were a year ago. Okay, that's what this Bloomberg study says. But we knew that. That had been reported widely in the press. Nobody paid any attention to it. And again, I will say to you, the Russian, uh, the sanctions, the ban on Russian imports, Russian energy imports to the U.S. doesn't start for three months. Huh? Actually, another one is the U.S. Treasury Department has permitted American banks to complete the payments of interest on Russia's uh, sovereign debt. We allowed that. J.P. Morgan was an agent. A couple hundred million dollars worth. 
Why are we doing that? I would love to see Russia default in their debt because no one will touch their bonds for a long, long time. And as far as some lenders in Western banks and companies, so be it. Suck it in. You'll be supported by your other banks or your central banks. I don't care. This is war. We need to defeat Vladimir Putin. We need to defeat him not by putting troops on the ground, but by squeezing him down financially. Financially, we haven't done that. And squeezing down in his energy. We haven't done that. We've really never seen Biden say, never heard Biden say, he wants the Ukrainians to win the war. He's never said that. Never said that. I'd love to hear him say that. I mean, in his own sort of gaff-prone way, he did say the other day that there should be regime change. Putin should not stay in power. Well, I agree with that. So does the rest of the country. 70% new um, Rasmussen poll. 70% of Americans think there should be regime change in Russia. We can't create that. But just saying, Biden did say that. Then they walked it back. And then later on, Biden said, well, it's a moral principle. It's my personal view. You know, that was the best thing he said. His best, his best sentence in his entire presidency was hammering Putin, saying he should go. You know, another point, though, Putin's oligarchical cronies, okay, half of their richest, of their 20 richest billionaires, half of Russia's 20 richest billionaires have not yet been sanctioned. Half have been, but half have not. And that includes, somebody who was not sanctioned includes the Russian oligarch who paid Hunter Biden $3.5 million. The woman, she was the, she is the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. She hasn't been sanctioned. So I guess 10 have been sanctioned, 10 have not been sanctioned. Why is that? Here's another one for you. The biggest oligarch in Russia is Putin. In addition to being a war criminal, Vladimir Putin is a crook. A crook. He has stolen, along with the generals and the oligarchs, he has stolen the Russian people blind. The guy is reportedly worth a couple of hundred billion dollars. He's a crook. Corrupt, kleptomaniacal crook. Which is something that uh, Biden and the West should be talking about on a daily basis, if you ask me. I've talked a lot about it on the Fox Business Show almost every night. So we have sanctioned Putin, but here's what we haven't done we have not seized his assets. And in particular, I'm thinking about his $700 million yacht, which is sitting off the coast of Italy. Why haven't we sanctioned it? Why haven't we seized it? Just take it. Take it. It would be a great symbolic thing. It would be a punching in him in the nose. It would be a great embarrassment. Hell, if, if it were Trump, Trump would have already seized it. In fact, in fact, Trump would have gone there, had a press conference on the boat, 
to seize it. And then he would have renamed it. (laughs) We haven't done any of that stuff. So I want to know, do we really want Ukraine to win? Do we really want to sanction financially? Do we want to sanction them in terms of energy? We have to toughen it up. We have to toughen this thing up. Putin's a war criminal. Putin's a crook. We need to defeat him. We need to defeat him. The Ukrainians are doing their job. The problem is the United States administration is not. So we'll stop there and take a quick break. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Stay with us. Much more to come. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. You know, by the way, uh, credit where credit is due. It was Katie Pavlich uh, on set live on the Kudlow Show on Fox Business who said that uh, if it were Donald Trump, he not only would have seized Putin's boat, the $700 million boat, but he would have gone, flown to Italy, gone out of the, held a press conference on the boat to announce the seizure and then rename the boat. Katie Palpatine, a great lady on my net, uh, townhall.com and Fox News contributor, great lady. Um, one other particularly stupid thing that Joe Biden did this week is the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Uh, he's going to sell $180 million over the next six months, $180 million barrels per day over the next six months. This is a very stupid idea. It's actually a very dangerous idea. The whole point of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is to protect our energy security and our national security. What do I mean? It's not, it's not political price fixing. It's not to fine-tune the price of gasoline. This is the third time Biden has done this, and he's depleted this thing by about a third. All right, we're down to 300. We will be down to 388 million barrels. It actually started at 650 million barrels. But in other words... Let's say you have a terrible, terrible hurricane season in Texas, Permian Basin, and you can't get any oil. That's why you use the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, to cover you for a couple of days or weeks, not to fine-tune prices. Or worse, let's say Iran starts bombing Saudi Arabian uh, oil installations and facilities, okay? And you know, the whole world is out 10 million barrels of oil. That's what the strategic petroleum is there. It's due. It's due to put in the you know extra amount to cover the emergency, either a war or you know natural disaster. It is not meant for political price fixing. And by the way, as Rick Perry pointed out on the Fox Business Show last night, the hurricane season down in Texas will come at exactly the time. It's going to take them a while to set up this uh, Spro sale. And they're going to run smack into the Texas Gulf hurricane season. So we'll talk some more about that. I got some more time on the other side of the break because I really want to beat down the strategic petroleum thumb. It's a stupid idea. It's not a goofy idea. It's a goofy and stupid idea. I'm Larry Cutlow. We'll be right back after some ads. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. 
Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. You can dial us. You can live stream us. LarryKudlowShow.com. We get it all over the country, around the world, and throughout the solar system. How about that? Live stream us. LarryKudlowShow.com. Anyway, I want to come back to this Strategic Petroleum Reserve nonsense. Let me give you some numbers. Here's how futile and shows you how political this is. Biden announced uh, yesterday, I guess, was, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Anyway, he's going to do a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. He's going to sell it out. By the way, he's going to have to replace it and probably has to replace it. God knows it could be a higher price. Price of oil is about $100 a barrel. It fell six bucks, seven bucks on the announcement. And then it stopped. Now, globally, all right, it's a world oil market. The price of oil is set globally. You have two benchmark measures. One is West Texas crude. These things trade, you know, contracts, spot, futures. And then there's Brent crude, sometimes called European crude. So those are the two measures. Brent crude generally trades in recent years, a couple dollars higher than West Texas Intermediate Crude, WTI. All right. So he's going to put in, he's going to sell $180 million, a million barrels a day, and he thinks that's going to bring down the oil price. And then, of course, remember, oil prices then get refined into gasoline. And, of course, by the by, you have all kinds of boutique formulas as the summer comes on. Different cities have different formulas. It's very complicated. You can't just if, if if the price if the world price of oil moves up or down, gasoline prices take a little while. Biden does know that he's always attacking the fossil fuel companies for excess profits and price gouging. That's all a lot of nonsense. Gasoline prices actually have been slipping down slightly, but worldwide, which is what you're dealing with here, worldwide. Over the next six months, there will be a demand of roughly 18 billion barrels per day. 18 billion. All right, what Biden's going to do is put on the market an extra 180 million barrels per day. So it's nothing, it amounts to nothing. 18 billion is global demand right now. That hasn't moved much. You know, it did come down during the pandemic. It's gone back up. That would be the six. Roughly, it's 100 million barrels a day supplied and demanded. So over six months, it would be 18 billion. Biden's going to do 1 million a day for 180 million. You can see it's a drop in the bucket. It's like throwing pebbles into the ocean. It's pure politics. That's all. It's pure politics. Nothing more, nothing less. It will have no impact, no certainly no permanent impact on the price of oil or the price of gasoline, which uh, AAA gasoline is still over $4 a gallon. Some states much higher. You follow? $180 million he's going to put in. But the world is is buying eighteen billion. So come on, this is nothing but politics. 
And then, of course, he has to get up there and attack the fossil fuel companies. Can't resist that because really this entire administration and all these left-wing zealots who believe that we have an immediate existential climate risk, which we do not, these are 100-year trends. Right, The sea level will go up a half an inch in the next 80 years. It's not, ex- it's not immediate, and it's not existential, and it ain't much of a risk. And by the way, we'll probably figure out lots of ways for clean-burning fuel. Um, former Energy Secretary and Governor of Texas Rick Perry uh, was on the Cudlow Fox Business Show last night, and he was saying, you know, the best thing we could do is produce as much natural gas as possible, liquefied natural gas, LNG, and sell it around the world. And that would replace, and by the way, our LNG is the cleanest burning liquefied natural gas. Russia's very dirty. India is relying on coal. China is relying on coal, much dirtier than our clean burning natural gas LNG. You follow me? So if we pumped out, I mean, if Biden had a brain and we pumped out as much oil and gas as we possibly could, I mean, hell, we could get to 15 million barrels a day of oil. We were at over 13 million. We're still stuck at 11 and a half million because of his war, his jihad, his fatwa against the fossil fuel companies. So LNG would be the savior, clean burning LNG and nuclear, by the way. And that, as Rick Perry said, you you could use that to replace all of the polluting, dirty coal coming out of India and China, just to mention two big polluters. There's a solution. But Biden is obsessed. The left-wing ideology, it's like a religion. They hate fossil fuel. They basically want to end fossil fuels. If they they have an eight-year deadline for net zero carbon emissions (laughs) – all right, take it all. If we did that, if we actually did that, our economy would would crumble. Tens of millions of jobs would be lost. I mean, we would crumble. And, by the way, Vladimir Putin sit there with a big crocodile smile because he'd be a big winner since that's all he's got is oil and gas. You see, that's how stupid this is. It will have no impact on the price We will deplete our emergency reserves when we might need them for a seriously real emergency. And he wants to stop fossil fuels anyway. By the way, he's taken it down by 35 some odd percent. It's a crazy idea. All to please his little lefty greenies that populate his little White House and all these departments, FERC, Interior, Energy, EPA, All they do is wage war. And he has this phony argument about there's 9,000 leases, which is not a true number. But you know what? It's bait and switch. 9,000 leases doesn't mean anything. A lot of them are dry holes. But, 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 you can't drill without a permit. And you can't pipeline without a permit. And these regulatory agencies like FERC and Energy and Interior and EPA have clamped down with severe restrictions and they're not granting permits. So I don't care if you have a million leases. 
If you don't get a permit, you can't drill. If you don't get a permit, you can't build a pipeline to transport the fuel. That's what a phony Joe Biden is, a phony. Political nonsense, political price-fixing on his way to destroying our energy system, which is the backbone of our economy. But you know what, folks? You know what, really? I remain optimistic because the cavalry is coming. The cavalry is coming. And this is all going to change. I just hope we get to the cavalry in the next six months. I'm Cudlow. We have Senator Ron Johnson on the other side of the break. Talk about Hunter Biden's laptop and a few other things. I'm Cudlow. Please stick around. Larry Cudlow. 